Welcome, everybody, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. I have two other people on the podcast with me. Bro, you sound depressed right now. It's making me sad. I'm just talking slower than normal. I know, but you sound depressed. Well, I'm sorry. That's okay. Can't do anything right this weekend. That's not what I said at all. (laughs) You can. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Uh, So this was rivalry week, obviously. It was also Thanksgiving weekend and Black Friday. Did you guys go shopping at all? I watched Black Friday football. Does that count? No. That's all I asked. (laughs) No, I didn't. I did not. I I know. I didn't either. I I didn't either, but I know a couple of folks who did. Namely, uh, Texas A&M went shopping. Yep. Got themselves a new head coach, Mike Elko. Uh, Michigan State went shopping. Picked up a, a, a Jonathan Smith. And the entire State. Oregon State coaching staff. I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> Mississippi State picked up Jeff Levy, Oklahoma State Oklahoma offensive coordinator. I keep calling him Oklahoma State offensive coordinator. I don't know why he was at Oklahoma. Well, they are the better team in Oklahoma. That is true. That is definitively. Yeah. <laughs> And which, I've been meaning to put this meme in the in the Discord, so go check it out. It's a, it's that's a Tiger Woods John Daly meme, uh, and you'll appreciate it. Everybody will appreciate it. East Tennessee State also went shopping. Hey. They grabbed the current sitting head coach of Gardner-Webb. Uh, former sitting head coach of Gardner-Webb. Who has made the playoffs the last two years with Gardner-Webb. Playoffs? How did he? How did ETSU pull this off? This is insane to me. I mean, I'm with you yeah, on that. This but one, how does ETSU have that much kind of money? You want to? Talk- <laughs> they they spun it to their I don't, boosters. I don't think you understand what Eastern Tennessee dead. is. They, how do they have boosters? They, very simple. <laughs> they went and found two alum who happen to have good jobs and said, "Hey, if you get me this coach, we'll be the best team in Tennessee." I mean, that's uh, that's that's just okay. a bold face lie. <laughs> <laughs> if they if they bought right. that, you brought up I Black Friday. I have to property as... in Kentucky to sell them. <laughs> you brought up Black Friday, and we just brought up a bold face lie. And I gotta say, I love these people that are taking pictures of sliding out the Black Friday sale card and showing the same price behind it. Yes. If that's not the definition of false advertising, I don't know what is. I mean, I you, I guess you can lie about the, the price. You just can't lie about what the product does. You what? Yeah, I, I didn't hear you, Bug. I'm sorry. It's like the, the most the best known secret about Black Friday there is, he said. Yeah. But also, yeah, I feel like that's not exactly a lie. Like it is still technically a sale. It's just the same sale they had going on previously. Look, I've I've stopped believing in anything that says, hey, it's a sale because every time you go to the store, yeah, there's a, a random price. I don't care what it is, there's a random price, and then one underneath it that is slightly lower and the top one is crossed out. Like I wish they would start doing that with gas prices. That would make me feel better. Gas prices are only so high because of taxes. We're not talking about football anymore. This sucks. Let's talk about football. 
I could relate Golly. gas prices. I could relate gas prices back to football this week. Oh, no, well, we already did. We talked about Texas A&M already. <laughs> I was talking about Nickel State. Let's let's move oh, on. God. All right, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that story. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, geez. So it's rivalry week, which means we talked about almost every game this weekend already. There were a couple of others that happened at the FBS level. We will be talking about. Most of those as well, uh, because that's what we do. And we just, we love football. Also, this was the first round of the FCS playoffs this weekend. So we have a whole lot of games to go through. And I'm going to get you that button, Ben. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get you that button. I mean, it'd probably be actually really simple. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure it is really simple. I'm just not smart enough to do it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. All right, so in the pick'em, I am currently in the lead by four points. Uh, Does it hold seven? If or actually, kind of, kind of ahead by nine. I don't know how's that. How's that going to work out for the bonus points? We're we're going to have to. What we'll end up having to do at the end of the season is uh, point percentage. The actual winning percentage. Yeah. 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 So I'm ahead by more than it looks like, I think, but less than it feels like. Makes sense of that. that what an odd way to say that. <laughs> That's how it feels, though, and I think it's kind of true. So I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but this is Rivalry Week, which did start on Thanksgiving Day. I got my papa to watch a football game with me. It was very exciting. It's first football game i think he's watched the entirety of actually that's not true i got him to watch ohio state georgia last year as well uh, those are the only two football games he's ever watched in his entire life and okay. but one of them was the egg bowl which is great and i'm glad he got to experience it i love the egg <laughs> bowl. Awesome. even even if mississippi state didn't win this was it was, a, it was another great egg bowl it was another it really was bowl. really was almost does win this 17 to 7 and they have cemented their place as the fourth best team in the SEC. Let's go. <laughs> I, w- I will say that Mississippi State, the one drive, that one touchdown drive, I was like, all right, this is it. They're back, baby. They're they're going to turn it on here. And then they just – they were never able to replicate it the rest of the – clearly that, the rest of the day. But it I, wasn't – it wasn't like they scored and like they had they had some some luck on their side. No, they dominated that drive, that one scoring drive. And you really thought, man, they're they're going to take control of this game. They, like I said, clearly they couldn't. I feel like that's the been the theme of Mississippi State's whole season is they show up, they have one really good drive at some point in the game. Everyone goes, "That's it, we got this," and then they don't. It's because they didn't come out with the pirate flag helmets. For shame, Mississippi State. For shame. They did have the script state helmets, though, which did look nice. That was But nice. it's not the same. It is very much not the same. Iowa setting records again. Yeah. Uh, a new record for the lowest point total ever in college football history. And it hit. It hit the under. <laughs> it hit. Isn't that the second time this season Iowa in Iowa game has hit that record? So actually yes. – this season, Iowa has five of the lowest eight, and they've all been under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not saying to bet the under on the Big Ten championship game, but 
I wouldn't I, actually because Penn I State think beat them thirty-one to nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, I think if there's a time where it's going to become something where it's going to change, I think this would be the time. I will say though, I would be interested to see if they're able to stop Blake Corum, but that's a discussion for later this week. So we'll talk about it then. But Iowa does hold on to the Heroes Trophy and keeps Nebraska out of a bowl game. Same nice. with Arkansas. They got held out of a bowl game, but we already knew that. Last Missouri week. Missouri claims their spot as the third best team in the SEC, in theory. In the battle line rivalry, 48-14 to 14 over the Pigs. Yep. I mean, Gross. Missouri's just been a better team all year round. <laughs> Gross. And Bug doesn't want to talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> Texas Tech at Texas. I could not believe this one. I really expected it to be a pretty decent game. Texas Tech decided not to play, so that's cool. 57-7 to for the Longhorns. They're going into the Big 12 title game with a little bit of momentum. And really, honestly, they have a decent path to the playoff here if they can beat Oklahoma State. Absolutely. And- Every, everyone keeps asking the question, if Texas is a 11-1 and Big 12 champion and Alabama's 11 and one, obviously well with an SEC championship or like, like can Alabama get in if Texas wins the big 12 title and Alabama still needs to win. Like, don't get me wrong. They need to beat Georgia, which is a feat in and of itself. But I think the loser of Alabama, Georgia, if Texas wins this game, I think the loser of that game is out. This is, by far, like this is what we wanted with the fourteen playoff. Every time we wanted these big games, these high leverage conference championships, every single time. I think there's a lot of people that are discounting the fact that Texas beat Alabama earlier this season. Their loss to Oklahoma is looking worse and worse as far as Oklahoma continues to fall. However, this dominating win over a Texas Tech team that looked like they had, were really starting to put it together, if they can go and win the Big Twelve championship. They're they're they've got to be they're my next in line if some other team falls short, whether it be FSU, Washington, whoever, Michigan, Georgia. I mean, there's well, I I think there's some element of the winner of Washington, Oregon is just gonna be in. Yes. Right. So the Pac 12 title yeah. game maybe doesn't necessarily matter for Texas. If Iowa gets the upset, if Louisville gets the upset, now we're really cooking. Yep. Or if Georgia just dominates Alabama, knocks them out of the picture. We 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 can we can talk about this more on Thursday. We got a lot of games to get through. Right. Number 11 Penn State stakes their claim as the most consistent 10 and 2 team of all time. Facts. With another win over Michigan State in the Land Grant Trophy battle, 42 to nothing this one. Uh yeah, Michigan State is not good and desperate need of a new head coach. So glad they found a guy. Yep. And got it done quickly. Yeah, and with recruiting uh, time left, right? Man, what this was not like a very good final audition for the guy they went and picked up, but this didn't slow him down from taking Oregon State's head coach here. Yeah, 31 to 7 for Oregon over Oregon State in Duckface Beaver Carnage, the um, last ever, in theory, allegedly. What I, what I will say for your point that this was a bad audition apparently this deal's been done for like five weeks <laughs> according to Dude, a press prop, conference that Jonathan props, Smith did 
props to their PR teams for keeping that on the DL. Yeah. I mean, not like officially done for five weeks, but I guess he's agreed in principle for a long time. And Oregon State made their final offer like this week, and it wasn't close still. So he's gone. And he said he knew he was going to be gone for a little while now. Just the uncertainty of conference future for the Beavers and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if this was ever going to be part of the calculus this game. Although it does sting for the Beavers for sure. And the Ducks, yeah, it, I really do believe the winner of the Pac-12 title game is in the playoff at this point. Just Oregon has looked so good. If they avenge that loss, it kind of clears that record. Correct. And Washington would be in as a 13-0 Power 5 champ. I, I see it the same way. Moving right along then. First up here on Saturday, UConn at UMass. The battle for the real U. And UConn dominates 31-18. to 18. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your thought process taking UMass here? I'm curious. I mean, it's a toss-up game, honestly. Like, when you look at this across the board. So, you took the home team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here thought. and be like, That's oh, UConn thought. or UMass is so much better than the other. I think they're about even. I mean, UMass has what's looking like a very quality win to start off the season. I'm just saying. I agree. Yeah, that turned out UConn, to be a fluke. Bug and I both knew that UConn is better than that 2-9 and nine record they came into this game with. Not that much better, but 3-9 and I, nine is a lot closer where they should be than 2-9. and nine. I, <laughs> I think 31 to 18 is that much better than the two and yeah. nine record that came. I, yeah. I wanted to believe this season that UConn was better, but they've also let me down a lot this season. And I think that factored in as well. I, I think they've let themselves down a lot this season too. Let's be real. This well, I, I don't think anybody truly expected them to be this bad. I don't think anybody expected them to be gangbusters either, but yeah. man, three and nine was a little shocking. Right, both of these teams were at least in the conversation for bowl games last year. I know UConn was in the Bahamas Bowl, and I think UMass fell just short. But, yeah, a little bit surprising they fell as far as they did. And now now the game that Doug really doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, Ohio State at Michigan, number two versus number three. Michigan wins this one on a – Interception in the last minute, 30 to 24. This was the best game between Ohio State and Michigan since the pandemic. Really, I would say probably the best game they've had since 2016 in that yep. double was overtime that, game. Was that the uh the goal line stop or was that 2019? Uh 2016 think- was the Curtis Samuel debate on did he convert the fourth down, wasn't it? No, that's what I was talking uh, about. The I don't know what I don't know what play you're talking about exactly. I'm thinking of double overtime when Curtis Samuel got around the outside and got in the end zone. There was and they one... weren't sure if he got in or not because no, that's what we I'm sure he got about. in. There, there was I, one that are, I'm are you thinking of the JT Barrett where it was questionable whether he got the first that down? Might, yeah, that might have been that it. was a that different might... year. That was before. Yeah. That was before. Whatever. That was Urban Myers though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We had talked about this bug on Thursday. Right. That it's questionable Wednesday. whether or not Wednesday. You're right. 
it's questionable whether or not Ryan Day would actually be able to keep his job if he wins if he loses this game. I don't feel that same way as I did then because I think he coached fairly well in this game. And I, I know a lot of Ohio State fans don't agree with me even on that. I'm seeing um, a lot of John Cooper comparisons everywhere I turn. Yeah, and I've I've been making some of those comparisons as well, but I don't see it exactly the same way. Man, I put so much of this on Kyle McCord, and I feel so bad for doing it. But you were mad at Kyle McCord on Saturday. Yes, you were big mad at Kyle McCord on Saturday. Legitimately, here's here's the difference in the game. The difference in the game came down to three plays in my head, which is fair. It's a one-score game, so three plays sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. There was a touchdown that was awarded to the Wolverines. I was wondering what your thoughts on that were going to be. Actually, uh, the receiver never had control of the ball, yep. and it fell into Denzel Burke's hands in the end zone, and it should have been a touchback. It was called a touchdown on the field. I understand why the refs said it stood. So, damn, if if they had called that interception on the field, that also would have stood. I will say, though, I will say, I agree it should have been an interception. However, there was a play that very similar went in Ohio State's favor later. They ruled the exact yep. same way. They were consistent with and it, which that, is why that I was okay have, with that. Yeah. If they would have – I know. I would assume keep the same consistency, then you're looking at that play as maybe a pivotal play in the game too. Um, the other play I'm thinking of comes down to when we decided to run out about 25 seconds of time on the clock to kick a 52-yard field goal instead of trying to get a first down and make at least a shorter field goal. 52 yards would have been a career long for our kicker, even going mm-hmm. back. He's never he's never hit that long of a field goal in his life. And the last time we asked a kicker to do a 52-yarder, uh, we also missed that against Georgia. So don't kick 52-yarders if you're Ohio State. That's that's a new rule of thumb. Don't attempt those, please. So and hey, I now, wanna... He can't do it. Now people might be asking, why is that pitiful? You lost by you lost by six. You needed a touchdown. The reason is that changes your game scripting at the end of that fourth quarter. You're Absolutely. not taking those those deep I mean, shots. That, that would have that would have put us going into the half with a tie, tie all game yeah. instead yep. of down by three. Well, and I'll I'll throw this out here too. There was some criticism of Ryan Day. I saw at halftime pointing out, hey, Michigan's gone to, for it on right. two or three times at that point on fourth down. And you just ran out 30 seconds of the clock, and look who's winning. Look who's being more aggressive, and look who's going out and trying to win this game. Yep. At the same time, it was the part of the field where if we don't convert that, we give them a chance to score again. And it was far enough that I'm not certain we would have made it, right? It was like a fourth and three, fourth and four. Right. I'm okay with the decision, I just understand that was a pivotal decision and it might be part of what cost us this game. The last play I'm thinking of, uh, actually, I think there are two more. One, Xavier Johnson, where his knee didn't hit the ground and they called him down before he before the first down. Um, and it should have been a first cha- down. And you can't challenge that. Whatever. We still had a chance just, to win. Yeah. 
And the last play of the game on offense for us, that interception. It, at the moment, I was really wanting to blame Kyle McCord. Going back and watching that play again, Kyle McCord made the correct read. Yeah. And if he didn't get hit, that's a touchdown. We're talking yep. about Marvin Harrison Jr. winning the Heisman Trophy and we're competing for a national championship. So it's on our offensive line, that last play. And I... It's, it's a game of inches, right? It's two extremely talented teams. Yep. I'm an Ohio State fan. Of course, I'm going to pick Ohio State in this game. You guys believe my hype because I talk so about Ohio State so the, much. The play I, I want to talk about that I think actually changed the face of the game, I believe it was the first score for Michigan. Uh, the turnover well, on your yeah. own six-yard line. That is... Yeah, that is a game changer. It doesn't matter what point of the game that's in. That is an absolute game changer. To well, put your defense. That was consider, back on the wall consider like for that. that too. Their offense didn't get a first down yeah. at all until no, they that had, point when we we gave them the ball on our six yard line. Yep, they so, had. And it they took had them held, four plays to get those six yards. They had held Blake Corum <laughs> in check. The story, yeah. you know, going into the game was, oh, he scored every single game. Blah 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 blah. They don't throw the interception. I I wonder if he scores. You know, because right. the game changes completely if they don't get that touchdown there, Correct. and that was yep. that was a big gimme touchdown. You got to concede that you probably well, no, because you held him to fourth down. So I was going to say you don't even have to concede right. that you're going to give him give him three at that point. Right. To me, Another the biggest to... the biggest Go thing ahead. to me is those two turnovers. Right. Yeah. I know. I like duh turnovers change the game, but when you look at them too, they looked very similar. Kyle McCord had to change his arm angle. And he was rushed to try and yep. get the ball out and get it away. So it goes on the old line. It does go on McCord a little bit as well. Just throw, so let him bat it down. Here's, let him here's bat another it down. thing I'll, I will say, and I, I think I am still a little bit justified in being mad at Kyle McCord for this, because if we had C.J. Stroud in that exact, exact same situation, he would out. not have gotten hit, right? So it's the kind of quarterback that we have. It's not a quarterback style that we're used to. We haven't had this kind of a quarterback since before Troy Smith. Yeah. So it's yeah. been 20 years since we've had a pocket passer who can't move at all, and that's what Kyle McCord is right now. So that's on the coaching staff. They need to figure that out and plan for that better. But also, you know, it's not the way we've recruited our offensive line. Another he's thing, because J.J. McCarthy played out of his fucking mind. Like, this was his most accurate game of all time. Even the past two games against Ohio State, he hasn't been this insane on the run, rollouts, across body, doing some crazy-ass shit that no quarterback should ever be able to complete those passes, let alone J.J. McCarthy based on the past couple of games. And here he is just making plays that – I think it's – I That's think it's pretty well known. About, though. I think it's pretty well yeah. known that I hate every fan base I'm a part of, like yeah. <laughs> to the nth degree. I think the Blackhawks fan base is about the only one where I'm in lockstep with them on pretty much everything, and I was that way when they were winning too. But there are Bears fans out there. They're like, "Oh my God, look at JJ McCarthy! Like we need to go get him. He could be the next Tom Brady." I'm like, "You motherfuckers! I swear to God." <laughs> Um, so Doug, my one question before we move on, cause we do need to move on. 
Yeah. Is Kyle McCord the guaranteed QB one next year, or does that QB position battle or yeah, that QB battle open up? Yeah. Thank you for that tee up because I actually have a theory on Kyle McCord and I, this is a great opportunity. I was, I was waiting so, to hear this. I firmly believe that Kyle McCord was never meant to be the starting quarterback at Ohio state. And here is my supporting evidence for this. So every, it, there's been a lot made, especially this week of Kyle McCord was brought in the same recruiting class as JJ McCarthy was brought into the team up North. McCarthy wanted to be in Ohio state. He was an Ohio state fan growing up and Brian day said no. And, took Kyle McCord instead. Here's my thought on that. I believe Ryan Day didn't like either of them, settled for the quarterback that would get him Marvin Harrison Jr. because they played together in high school and would figure out the starting quarterback in the future. So now Kyle McCord is two years sitting under C.J. Stroud. And so he's the only guy left, right? Well, he wasn't supposed to be. Because we were supposed to have, to have the number one overall quarterback Quinn in Quinn Ewers. Yep. And then when he transferred to Texas, we were supposed to have the number one overall quarterback in Dylan Riola, who's now at Georgia. That didn't work out either. All right. What happened there? That was the earliest we have ever been in on any prospect in the history of Ohio State. We have never offered quarterbacks that early. We're not like Lane Kiffin, USC, offering nine-year-olds. We don't do that shit. So when we were in on Quinn Ewers early enough that he could reclassify and come in a year before he was even supposed to, that is saying we were desperate for a quarterback. I think Ryan Day knew C.J. Stroud to Kyle McCord was not going to be a good fit for his offense, and we were looking for another quarterback all this time. Now we have a true freshman who plays a lot more similarly to C.J. Stroud coming in, and Aaron Noland, and he is coming in early. He is enrolling early. His first semester is going to start here in a couple of weeks. First spring ball, yeah. And I fully expect that will be a quarterback battle, whether that's talked about in big media or not. I don't think it's going to get let out to ESPN or whoever that Ohio State has a quarterback battle because everyone's going to assume it's Kyle McCord. But I would not at all be surprised if we end up seeing the South Dakota freshman Lincoln Kineholtz or our new incoming freshman Aaron Noland actually end up beating him out this spring and we have a different starting quarterback. I don't trust in Devin Brown. Lincoln Kineholtz has looked better than him in what we've seen of them this year. And Devin Brown wears Sammy Ball's number and it looks dumb. So let's get one of these oh, new the guys 33, in. 33. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is not a QB number. It annoys so, me. Uh, Tevin Carter from Memphis just entered the transfer portal as a quarterback. He was wearing 21. So wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to do the same thing when he gets there. That's still ugly. It's um, also possible that we bring in a transfer and Kyle McCord transfers. And I'm not saying yeah. Ohio, Ohio State's very much so not the kind of program that would tell Kyle McCord to transfer out. But if he chooses to of his own volition – I'm not sure that Ryan Day would be too upset about it. And oh, I, no. I, I, legitimately, like, I, I legitimately believe we didn't want a quarterback when we took Kyle McCord. We didn't care about J.J. McCarthy or Kyle McCord. We just took the guy who was going to get us Marvin Harrison Jr. That I mean, it's valid. 
That was that he was, was worth waiting for the show a, today. He for. was supposed to be a four year backup, and it it fucked up our plans that Quinn Ewers transferred out. That's that's what I think. That that's fair. All right, we spent about fifteen minutes on Ohio State. As that's expected. about how much we spent on Wednesday. So I mean, it's, it's fair. Time. It's the biggest it, game. Oh, of, it is of the absolutely year. fair. But we do need to <laughs> every move on. year. Let's keep it going. The Gans Trophy, fifty nine fourteen SMU. Yeah, Navy sucks. I, Move on. I, Navy. I did not realize SMU was that good. Yeah. They're not. Navy's uh, just that bad. I think it's a little bit of both, actually. SMU is oh. now undefeated in the American. They are 10-2 and two overall, and they Wait. will be at Tulane for the American Conference. Hold on. Is Army-Navy going to be for a bowl? Bowl eligibility, yes. They're no, five and six? actually, because Army has two wins against FCS opponents, ah. and so they will not be eligible. I like and this. and because Navy is not currently at six and six, the thinking is the bowl schedule has to be done this weekend, actually. So Navy probably won't be eligible anyway if they're six and six. It will end up going to Minnesota regardless. Can who we... is five and seven and qualified on the academic whatever? All right. I'm all for Army Navy having its own week. That's great and right. all. Can we swap? Conference Championship Week and Army Navy Week, and hear me out here for that reason. I thought hear that's how it was anyway. That's how like, it used to in, be because Army my Navy. Brain, that's how it was. So Army Navy used to be that first weekend of December. It mm-hmm. used to be this upcoming weekend. I don't know what happened where that changed. I think it changed when Navy joined the conference. But we can switch those, and then there's a benefit there where minus Army Navy, you give all of your teams competing in a championship game, honestly, a much needed buy at this point in the season. There's, there's a chance that they do go that way with all the conference realignment. And before, well, and army's joining, army's joining the American. If you make that change, then all of a sudden you can make that. Yeah. But the Americans already, already said that they're willing to not like, that's going to be a non-conference game anyway. So yeah, but if what I'm saying is if they can move it before the conference title game, then they don't have to commit to that. Right, if right. you make I mean, that, but spot. they already have committed to that, so no. it is what it is. I know. Macaresco is kind of a pussy. Anyway, <laughs> LSU beat Texas A and M, and A and M has a new coach. A and M has a new coach for it. Let's go. I actually like that fit too for Mike Elko. Oil I'm interested money, to baby. see. I I'm wish he would have stayed at how Duke, he handles but... the how he handles the boosters. Right. This next one, well, he is a former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, so he has a little bit of experience. This next one was an exciting one, definitely not one we expected. Nope. Yeah, we got we got pounced on by the cats. That's uh, my ninety, can, baby. Kentucky at Louisville beats up on Louisville, thirty-eight, thirty-one. Actually, a very fun game. I know of a couple of folks that were there. They said it was one of the most entertaining games that they've seen in quite some time even considering some of the great performances we've seen out of Louisville recently. This was just a back-and-forth affair. Kind of telling that 7-5 and five Kentucky is better than the second-best ACC team. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I said the, the 14 playoff had kind of been run by the Big Ten, Big 12, and the SEC, and you're like, well, what about Clemson? I'm like, yeah, by themselves. It'd just be like saying, yeah. Okay, well, I, I didn't say the ACC. I said Clemson, and I was right. That's, okay, that's, point. Point. <laughs> that's fair. 
<laughs> there was like a five-year stretch. They were in it all the time. So you just jumped two there. That's fine. It, I, I, don't, I don't know why you came up. For fun. Uh, Indiana at Purdue. The old Oaken bucket. Purdue wins by four. We all called that simply because Purdue's at home, and that's what we and do sometimes. Indiana's getting a new coach. Yeah. They somehow scraped together a whopping $17 million in a negotiated Oof. buyout with Tom Allen. Oof. I didn't know Indiana had that kind of money, but congratulations, Indiana. I mean, it's not Texas A&M oil money. Definitely not. It might be Lucas oil money. That's uh, fair. <laughs> hey And then Southern at Grambling State. I Yes, I got the same. I, Big cat. Man. I said I wanted to take Southern. They just they hadn't done anything all fucking season to give I me know. any confidence in that pick. <laughs> I, I think those were my exact words. Yep. And then oh, they won so 27-22. So pissed. <laughs> Beautiful. Nothing, uh, but, nothing like a 500 slide for us here, though. Yeah. And then Colorado loses to Utah in the Rumble of the Rockies 23-17. Colorado finishes four and eight on the year after starting off with so much hype. After starting three now. <laughs> however, and, uh, however, for all the power five teams with the new coach this year, this has been the best turnaround in terms of win total. Yeah, they won one game last year. I, and that's that's what a lot of people have been trying to. It's unfortunate that everybody's been so quiet about this all year. And now this season, they're like, well, hey, calm down, calm down. Look at how bad they were last year and compared to this year. But there's a lot of merit to that too, right? If anybody else was a head coach besides Deion Sanders and he didn't have all the hype and the media and everybody following him and everybody making a big deal about this, nobody would be laughing at Colorado right now. The, this turnaround is brought to you by the transfer portal. That's the only reason it was as effective as it was. Dion didn't have to deal with the leftovers of the previous coach like uh, – Mike Norvell did for his first two and a half seasons there, three seasons, right? But I think it still he brought shows in a whole new how team. difficult it is to coach at the D1 level. And even with the transfer portal, how difficult it is to put together a winning program. The issue Dion's running into now, though, is with the collapse. Because, I mean, this is more of where everyone expected them, but they came out with the hype. They now lost the, Doug, was it the number two or number three quarterback for 2024, the four-star? has decommitted from Colorado. That's the issue that this is going to play into. They've lost a lot, actually. Yeah. And they're, so they're losing their freshman on commits. par with Colorado State. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're losing their freshman commits, which is the issue. It's one thing to come in and build off the transfer portal. And I think Dion has an entire formula of how many transfer players he wants every season versus freshman players. The issue is because you're not winning those big games, you're losing those big names, which he's been known to pull. He can pull the big names based off his name like Travis Hunter as the number one athlete in his class. The issue well, is still you it's need... becoming it's becoming he's only really able to pull in the number one corner every year because they all want to learn under Deion Sanders. I don't yeah. blame him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. But yeah, and and it's not wrong. And frankly, if I were him, I'm not upset losing the number one quarterback. I think he was entirely correct. Maybe he didn't do it the right way, but his offensive line is trash. That's where I'm focusing my recruiting efforts, whether it's via the transfer portal or incoming freshmen. His offensive line needs rebuilt. Every position needs rebuilt. They've got a stud true freshman this year 
uh, at running back who I think is going to do great things. Uh, Shadur has at least another year of eligibility. Travis Hunter has another year of eligibility if they return. I th- are they eligible for the draft this year, Doug? Travis Hunter's not. Okay, then I don't think so. Shadur is either. So you got them Shadur coming back. Is, right? but I think he's. I think they said they're going to wait and go together, him and Shiloh. Yeah, so. that makes sense. So I think with that for another year, you need to focus this offseason on building that offensive line. And the and the defensive line for that matter too. Work on your trenches. Weird, isn't that something that I said before the season started? Yeah, crazy. But then, but then they came out and trounced TCU. But also, they're about to go to the Big Twelve, so they don't need to play defense anymore. But they'll have to play TCU more often. So we'll see. So they'll get they'll get to destroy TCU a few more times. It's, fun. it's at least three more years before they have a good team, right? Probably. All right, the Cajuns didn't let me down. The Battle of the Bayou, Louisiana Monroe fired their head coach after losing to Louisiana. Louisiana gets to 6-6 six and six and will be going to a bowl game. Yeah, is anybody surprised that Louisiana Monroe was bad? I mean, is this was this a shocker to anybody? I don't know. No. Not me. Georgia Southern had a massive collapse after losing to Georgia State. Yeah. But also weird things happen when you play Appalachian State. Which is why I thought Georgia Southern had a shot here, but they did not. Appalachian State didn't want to didn't want to let Georgia Southern hang around. Fifty five twenty seven in Boone here. The same. The same still applies to this one, Doug. Always State, never Southern. You know, fuck you. Next up, (laughs) battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. Wisconsin at Minnesota. Wisconsin wins twenty eight fourteen. And it doesn't matter because Minnesota is still bowl eligible thanks to academic bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes to college to get a degree? Get him to play exactly. football, not play school. Minnesota. Exactly. They go to Virginia. college for foot or for school and hockey. That's it. Yes. Virginia Tech at Virginia. Uh, yeah, we all knew the Hokies were going to win. The more fun storyline here is that the Hokies came back onto the field after the game to take oh my pictures, God. and the sprinklers came on. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> you know it. what? Which shout honestly out, made for out, better pictures. Shout out to Virginia <laughs> for winning three games this year. That was better than most of us had them projected for. So a couple right. big wins. Good job, Virginia. And good job so providing they... Bolton Award material for next year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Great times to be had all around there. Uh, Vanderbilt at t- Tennessee. They tried real hard. They tried real hard. Then ah, you must have been losing your shit. I was pissed. I was pissed. I knew Vanderbilt had a chance. This is one that's always like, even when Vanderbilt's good and Tennessee is bad, this is still a close game. And I know that's been 10, 15 years since that's been the case. Yeah, that was supposed to be 24, but, not 42. This is always a good game. (laughs) It wasn't that good, actually. I lied. (laughs) I I assume this was accurate because, like, I checked in on the game a few times, and it was like a one-score game for most of the game. It it, it passes the five-check, but it does not pass the Until about halfway through the third quarter. And then Tennessee took control because apparently they decide when they want to play football and when they don't. But, yeah, I remember looking at – Go ahead. Yeah, I remember looking at this one in the second quarter, and it, it was close. I think it was like 14-21, yeah. 14-14 maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, huh, 
they got a chance. No, 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 didn't, didn't no. Happen. This next score, though, is accurate. 45-43 Northwestern. Most yeah. points in the Big Ten West all year, probably. I didn't oh, know you're to confirm, but it's, yeah, yeah, like it's def- that has to be accurate. <laughs> that passes the vibe, and I hope the, the fact check. I hope so, because it should be true. Also, Northwestern winning seven games this season. Shocking. Who, Shocking. who would have thought that? Especially after, the, especially after the off-the-field stuff, but like right before the season started. Right. So former North Dakota State assistant gets Northwestern to 7-5 and five in his first year as head coach of the Wildcats. Good for him. Good stuff. In the There's... duel of the desert, Arizona goes to 9-3 and three with a trouncing of the Sun Devils. The Wildcats are Wildcatting today. We we talked about them on Wednesday as well. They are the most underrated team, I think, yes. in the country right now. They've flown under the radar all season, beaten yep. four ranked opponents, and nobody's given them credit all year. If they if they were able to if they were coming into this eleven and one, first of all, they'd probably be in the conference championship. They would be. But second of all, they would be the shocking darling team everybody was hoping for and rooting for to get into that fourteen playoff. Yep. The be sick. when when your two losses are to the two teams in the Pac-12 championship, usually it's a pretty good sign. Two of your three, but yes, yeah, two, two, yeah, two of your three. Can you imagine if Arizona pulled off those couple of upsets earlier in the year and then got to this point, and like Louisville didn't lose to Kentucky, and we just had like a really fun playoff this year? Oh, that dude, that that'd be weird. Cool. A Wildcat playoff? How many Wildcat teams can we get in the playoffs? You need K State, no, Kentucky. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Stop. No, Stop. fuck that. No. Stop. Arizona, Louisville, Iowa. Uh, oh, God, no. Stop. Please. Oklahoma State. Let's go. Are you trying to make a sickos <laughs> playoff? Yes. Please. It would be so good. Ben, you but almost said, had Alabama it. still has a chance. Oh, I didn't, I didn't almost had it. I fucking had it. It was just a hope you and a did. prayer. And Auburn. Man. <laughs> <laughs> On the ten-year anniversary of the kick six, we had that. You know, yeah. you know, the problem was is that they brought that team out onto the field to fucking rub it in Alabama's face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those. I've seen this happen so many times this season, where a team just a defense dominates a team first through third down, and they yep. need to get that stop on fourth down, and then something stupid happens. They broke down the play. It really was a great play design. Uh, the three-man rush, perplexing. I get some of the hesitation with having the the nose tackle kind of sit back and be a spy for most of it. Uh, Milrow had hurt Auburn with his legs a few times. But, man, they, they let all the routes develop, and he had one-on-one. He could have picked his corner. He just decided to pick, uh, pick the left corner there. And, uh, yeah, worked. I mean, it worked. It worked. And some of that's on the DB, too. I mean, once you see him go up, just – Shove him, get him right. out of bounds. I mean, there. Even once the pass was in the air, that game was far from over. And man, that was the stat going into fourth and thirty-one. Yep, was zero for ninety. It is now, now one for ninety-one. So I, I did hit up our boy Mason after the game and say, "Hey, are you still alive?" And I got a one-word response: No. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of what I expected. And Auburn, 
Auburn handled that game well. They hell of a game. They it, I never I never thought anybody was going to get that much more control than the other team. And when Auburn had that lead, I thought, yeah, this is it. They are a muff pump punt away from winning that game. As much as everybody's going to highlight that fourth down play, that muff punt is what won yeah. Alabama the game because it gave them the ball back, gave them the opportunity to score there. And it wasn't a muff punt like it was in the Navy SMU game where it hit the dude's towel. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> that happened. It hit the towel, which is considered part of the body. I mean, so you can say that you could also make a great case that that fourth down play is what really made the difference here. Because, well, <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> no, that they, so, they, they did take wild... points off oh, the board gosh. for Alabama too. They they got a pick six at the end of the game, but I guess they're saying that play didn't actually happen. There was a sack, and then they tried to get the ball off quickly, but I guess time expired as they were snapping it, so it didn't count. So the the other thing here too. Uh, Auburn played two games really well this year. Uh, they were both losses, but they were against Georgia and Alabama, both at home. Yep. Wild. And then also at home, they got fucking boat raced by New Mexico State. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, go figure that one out. Yep. All right, let's hit this lie. The Apple Cup, the final edition of conference play version of the Apple Cup. This game will continue into the future, but 24-21, Washington survives yet again. Washington State flirting with really should have won this game. Washington State should have won this game like three different times, and Washington holds on because that's what they've been doing recently. As they There is a conspiracy do. floating around that I'm starting to really believe that Michael Penix has a couple of broken ribs and is really nursing that shit and not telling anybody so that he can keep playing. Yeah. As you can see, he is not comfortable. And it feels like you watch the sidelines, a couple of the coaching staff are helping him like protect his midsection yeah. on even on the sidelines. So there's something going on with Michael Penix. I don't think he's at hundred percent, but they're still winning somehow. So that's cool. I guess. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man, this was a good game. This Honestly, game. looked better, at least in the second half, for Florida State with their backup quarterback. That first half was insane for Florida, and then Florida State came right back and uh, ends up winning the Sunshine Showdown 24-15. The first half, I, it, it was twofold, right? It felt like a lot of feeling out, which we saw in a lot of these rivalry games. Better feeling up. Yeah, all the, all the main ones that we spent a good amount of time talking about there. It felt like there was a feeling out period. Yeah, but the that pretty much lasted the first quarter. This one was a little bit different because you had two backup quarterbacks going at it in this one. And it seemed like that lasted a little bit longer. And that was where Florida was really comfortable and had a chance to really take control of this game. Yep. And they couldn't ever get it in a position to really put the screws to Florida State to put them in a point where maybe panic would set in. Uh, and Florida State was able to hang on, keep it close, and take care of business in the second half. All right, all there is to it then, I guess. Yeah. Number 18, Notre Dame at Stanford. Battle for the Legends trophy in the last ever game on the Pac-12 network. Oh, is this going to be 
on the ACC network next year? Probably be on the cock. Well, yeah, probably actually because it'll probably be at Notre Dame. So <laughs> Notre Dame wins 56-23. We expected that one. Yep. Way to go. You finally did it. You beat a, a team you were supposed to beat. Good job, Notre Dame. Georgia Tech First is better game. than 6-6. Six and six. Or at least they've been playing better than six and six. Yeah, I think for the most teams, for the first time since like week six, you're able to say Georgia on the road is not that good. I think there's a little bit of just rivalry elevation for the opponent here. Probably a similar situation with Washington State, honestly. Yeah, like Georgia Tech played out of their minds in this one for almost the entire game. There was a stretch in the third quarter. It felt like Georgia was starting to really take over. And then Georgia Tech just clawed their way back in it somehow and made it a fun game at the end, too. Yeah, Georgia was clearly the better team. It just Georgia Tech was getting a couple things to go their way. And (laughs) it sure makes for a fun one. (laughs) Man, we we all pick Georgia. It's, It's Georgia. Clemson at South Carolina here. Clemson 16 to 7 over the Cox. They made this one interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, I think Clemson made it more interesting by refusing to be good at football. <laughs> Sounds like a common theme for the Tigers this year. Yep. They've they've been doing that. Uh, this one was very fun. North Carolina at NC State. NC State does win 39 to 20, but it felt a lot closer than that. Do they win the Tobacco Road trophy? I think so. I actually didn't look, to be honest with you. I think they do. And I kind all of the, that they did. Honestly. All the the high notes and key marks that we've been saying about NC State for years, they all kind of came to fruition here and they prove mm-hmm. why we say all the things that we always say about them. I'm very happy to see the success they're having this season. Right. Really solid in the trenches, very physical team. Have a couple of great linebackers every year, maybe one or two fun offensive weapons. And that's all you need when you're playing North Carolina, because if you can beat the shit out of their quarterback and then just score a couple of points, you're going to be fine. That's that's the formula to beat North Carolina every year. So (laughs) Duke wins the tobacco road rivalry this year. That's insane. Duke wins it. Duke Duke wins it because Duke beat NC State. Yeah. Oh, we got combined. Yeah, we got red combined. In the in the snow snowmageddon should be the uh, the temporary name for this one. 42-35, 42-35, Iowa State beats Kansas State in a very entertaining game. Basically, though, the snow was doing all of the defending. The defenses <laughs> kind of sat this one out. Oh, yeah. And it was just a matter of how much can you actually reliably move the ball in like a solid five inches of snow where all you could see of the field were the hash marks. So <laughs> it was really fun, though. Apparently, both teams can move them fairly well. At times. <laughs> at times. You'd be surprised. <laughs> no, it was, it, was a, it was a really fun game. 
Then we got sacrificed oh, by, the, by the Aztecs of San Diego State here. Uh, yeah, they good Fresno State. They went 33 to 18 to send Brady Hoke out as a winner, his final game as after he announced his retirement. This was his last game coaching, supposedly. We'll see. He's 60-something. I kind of believe him. Also, That's San Diego great. State really hasn't had that great of a season. So, uh, we and then Tupac. No, 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 no. This is a this is an ACC Big Ten game now, actually. But this was the last ever game of the Pac-12, and I think it's really fitting that we got Pac-12 after dark on this because <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit happens in the this Pac-12, is, which doesn't is, exist anymore. So this, this is, is the last crazy shit. We move on. 33 to 7 for Cal. What the hell happened? <laughs> Cal shows so, up at the most random times. I guess Chip Kelly isn't potentially leaving after beating both of his rivals. He only beat one. Right. But he's also not definitely leaving, so I mean, right. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Let's move on Why to us. Playoffs. I need to get you that. Playoffs. <laughs> Starting us off here, Sacramento State at North Dakota. Man, Sacramento State played very surprisingly well. None of us expected that. The Hornets coming to get us. Can we? Damn it. I guess UC Davis has to shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the exactly first... what I thought as soon as I saw the score. Oh, and the man. first Big Sky MVC matchup goes to the Big Sky. I know a lot of Big Sky fans are talking some trash out here. We'll get another Big Sky M- MVFC matchup here this week. So we'll just we'll wait and see what happens there. But man, this one did not go how I thought it would go. And man, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, all of us picked North Dakota, so I don't think it went how any of us thought it was going to go. I think we were all low-key hoping for that all-MVFC quarterfinals. I mean, it would have been kind of fun, not going to lie. But also, I'm somewhat glad it didn't happen at the same time. Yeah. NC Central at Richmond. Oh, we got spidered. That's a nasty-looking spider. That thing's pissed. Legitimately... Honest with you, this went how I thought it was going to. I just wanted NC Central to win because it would be cool, but it didn't happen. So I've I've talked to some people about the the MEAC and the SWAC in the past, and their opinion is that they're not good conferences, they're not good teams, and that's why they only play each other. That's why they avoid the playoffs. Is this indicative of that, or is this just a case of Richmond showed up and NC Central didn't? I, I think it's a little bit of both, and, and and hear me out here. NC Central is a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them. They are a good team. But here's the problem. When you spend your entire season as a good team playing other shit teams, and that's primarily all you're, all you're really playing, you're not sharpening the steel, right? Iron sharpens iron here. But you're not getting that challenge. You're just walking over a bunch of teams other than Howard uh, in a game where they also just didn't show up. And it looks like this is the same team that showed up against Howard that showed up against Richmond. Right? So so where I'm getting at here is I do think it's time to open that. We've had this discussion before. We need to to open this up better, get these guys playing 
outside of just these conferences, give them more non-conference games or what, what have you. I, I don't know the actual solution, but there there is a way to, they have legitimate talent there. They just can't capitalize on it. Alternatively, as we discussed in the discord, how fun would it be for there to be a four team HBCU playoff and uh, alongside the FCS playoffs, the NC Central, Howard, Florida A&M, and Prairie View A&M, all. I don't need any and, more Division One national champions. And I think be fun though. I think there is a little bit to this as well. That I think you're right. They need to play some more teams because Tom Brady played in the worst fucking division in professional football when he was most dominant. Alex Smith. Uh, I I fucking agree with that. Go look. Go look at the years he won a Super Bowl and tell me any of those teams were worth a shit. The Jets for maybe two of them. I have a stat for that. We'll get there if we have time. But but the the <laughs> the point is, that they, I, I think some of the schools have already started leaving the MIAC and the SWAC for that reason. Yes. Yeah. And, well, and then to that point, yes, he played in a shit division. But guess what? He had to play the best team in the AFC West, the AFC North, the AFC South. And some of the better, you know, he had to play a whole division in the in the NFC as well every year. So, and the Patriots for that matter, he didn't do it by himself. Anyway, let's move on. This one kind of shocked me, Doug. It shocked you too, but Tug, for some reason, you just knew the Blue Hens were going to come out and win this close game here. It, it crazier than that. Lafayette was up like twenty four to nothing, and the Delaware came all the way back. What the actual fuck, Tug? Fuck yeah, you. what the actual fuck is uh, everyone laughs at me when I say this, but I call this out in the uh, in the NHL playoffs too. There is something to be said for having playoff experience. Lafayette hasn't gone too much in recent years. They have not been a great team. Delaware goes just about every year, so there's something to be said for having that experience in the playoffs. The, the environment's just different. Right. Okay. So, sort of know what that feels like. So, while I agree with you and I understand where you're coming from, explain to me why the fuck you picked Mercer in the next matchup. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> that, that was the first feeling. ever trip to the FCS playoffs. That, that, that was a gut feel. No, that wasn't even home team. Ver- I actually almost picked Gardner Webb. That was 100%. Uh, I like Mercer in this one for some reason. I wish you would have picked Gardner with. It would have been awesome for me. <laughs> is Doug, is this where you start getting upset because of the results of the week and I pulled some random matchups at my ass? Just these two. Wait, wait, you can wait. Have the where's, other bullshits. where's your skunk or your, your meme for yourself? No, this is me being pissed at you. That's the entire meme. That's the entire meme. Fuck you. Stupid-ass bitch. <laughs> Yeah, Nichols couldn't even win a win a ride home. They couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't pitch, get her on home. There is, there's not a lot to talk about this one. This was domination from start to finish. Uh, no, I think that's coming up in a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a more dominant game for sure. SIU. There were definitely a couple missed opportunities here that they're going to have to clean up. They want to make it past Idaho for sure. Uh, their first ever. Playoff game at Saluki Stadium, their first ever win playoffs. in a playoff game at Saluki Stadium, playoffs. and their first win over a playoff team this season. Playoffs, uh, pretty big game for the dogs. We'll see what happens this week. It's going to be exciting. I love how the the first round they cram all these games at the same time, but the second round, this game's going to take place at 9 p.m. Central. Yeah, <coughs> well, it's at Idaho, which means yeah. it has to be at a West Coast time. 
you also get to be on ESPN too while everybody else is on ESPN. I know it's Plus. awesome. I love so, it. That's that might be up. my favorite part about the SCS playoffs <laughs> is that they'll always pick a game in the second round to put on on ESPN two, and it's always that West Coast game. Yep. I think last year it was the Montana game. Yeah. Well, it's always the late night game, so that's why. Right. Right. Uh, Chattanooga heads over to Austin P. The in-state matchup and the mocks beat us 24-21. Now I do have the Tennessee Mockingbird on here. A little bit of a history lesson. So the Chattanooga mocks are originally named for moccasins, but then it got shortened to mocks because moccasins sounds dumb. And also it's a reference to the state bird, the Mockingbird. So there you go. A little history lesson for Chattanooga. And we get to look at this beautiful mockingbird. And Austin P lost at home in another close game. The only On games they know how to play goal. a last second field goal game. It's like all of their games this season, apparently. Except against finally, SIU. It finally bit them in the ass. It's got to catch you at book. some point. <laughs> uh, it I, was... have, I have an argument with you, Tug, on this next one. This game started. Three to nothing for Drake. I don't care. That first drive, it was not dominance from start to finish. Hold Drake on. had a had a drive on. to start the game. Hold it on. was it was dominance from the second drive to finish. You, so, so you're telling me North Dakota State scored sixty six straight? Yes, it was not dominant from start to finish. Drake had a drive to start the game, <laughs> and it counts, dude. It that's counts like saying yeah. SIU. SIU like had one Mississippi drive. State had one drive. Like they did. They did. SIU had one drive against North Dakota State, and it looked like it was going to be a great game, and then it wasn't. So you're saying that's what happened here? Defense needs a drive to warm up, and then they get going. I mean, you can say that it's a lot more accurate than saying it was dominant from start to finish. What's most accurate is to say that North Dakota State's defense is going to give up one drive. It doesn't doesn't have to be the first (laughs) one; they're just going to give up one at some point. One singular drive, and I got to say. Shocking to me, after not really having watched much North Dakota State this year, because they've been losing a couple of games, and I decided to like forego watching them. Uh, they're really good at throwing the ball. That's not something we've been able to say about North Dakota State team since they had Trey Lance. Yep. In like 2019. Yep. So this is a little bit of a scary North Dakota State team heating up at the right time and only allowing one drive. At the right time, so uh, watch out for the bison here. I I know shocking. Watch out for the bison in the playoffs, but it feels very true right now. Well, the rest of that road is most likely on the road, which is going to be going to be mo- a little bit more difficult than what they're used to. Well, speaking of a team who needs to watch out for the road games, uh, Duquesne at Youngstown State uh, at home, the Penguins are something else. Forty to seven against Duquesne. We'll see how they do on the road. This has been a very uh, a tale of two teams this season. So, Penguins. So North Dakota away. is the only team that let down the MVFC in the first round. Yes. Yeah. What's What's interesting to me is they do try and regionalize these matchups. And this was by this was probably the second biggest, you know, rivalry by distance. Obviously, Austin P and Chattanooga being the biggest. Yeah. 
Youngstown State and Duquesne had the lowest attendance of all these games this past weekend, and that was it's stunning. It's not me. that weird. It's not that weird. Everyone was at home watching the game. Every Youngstown State fan is also he's, an Ohio State fan. He's got a point, you know. That's it was fair. at the, basically the same time. They were staying at home, eating leftover Thanksgiving food, and watching the game. They, they were checking the. They were checking this game on their <laughs> cell phones in between. Yeah, and they saw the blowout. They're like. We're not leaving to go to Youngstown State. It's already 20 to nothing. We're just going to stay home and recover after the game. And then all people didn't want to drive up from Pittsburgh because they're stupid. And it's people from Pittsburgh. So Duquesne can go Duquesne themselves. <laughs> I also uh, I also want to shout out SIU quarterback Nick Baker uh, for setting the – career touchdown passes record at SIU in this game. More games to play. See how much further he extends it. Did he have more than a Baker's dozen? Yes. That's good. I think he's at 67 now officially. Wow. So that's like a lot more than Baker's dozen. That's a lot of Baker's dozens. (laughs) That's at least two of them. I think it's five. (laughs) I wasn't wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Moving along here <laughs> to our additional games of the week that we picked. We didn't pick three games this week. We only picked two apiece because there are no FCS games other than the one rivalry and the uh, FCS playoffs. So only two games, which means fewer chances for bonus points. But still, what you got for us? I'm not surprised by the outcome. Uh, I do think this game is a little bit closer than the score indicates. Mm-hmm. Tulane is just that much better right now. And what I'm more surprised by is that there is such a deficit with UTSA. Maybe it's just what their their conference re- or conference opponents have been this year. I was a little surprised that Tulane looked that much better than UTSA at times. Near the end of the game when UTSA was trying to mount a comeback, it seemed like they could not get anything going. They take a couple steps forward, and Tulane had an answer. They'd have to get rid of the ball. See, I actually don't entirely agree that Tulane looked that much better than UTSA. I think this was another tale of turnovers, and the fact that Frank Harris threw that many interceptions is wild to me. They were getting a lot of pressure to him, though. I think that I think you're discounting how much that was forcing his hand at times. I appreciate the pressure, but also, holy fucking shit, five turnovers. UTSA, <laughs> that's not normal. Coming from and, a guy uh, who hates turnovers it's also the half of the season, I agree. It's also not normal for Tulane to force that many turnovers from anybody. So yeah. the fact that it just worked this game is shocking to me. I think this game was a lot closer than a two-score game. Absolutely. I'm willing to give you a fucking four points for this. This was awesome. I'm not actually yeah. going to do that. I mean, I'll take four points. No. Yeah, I, I thought this was a good game. I was going to let you guys decide it a little bit more amongst yourselves. But what what I think was a better game was Jacksonville yeah. State at New Mexico State. It looked like New Mexico State had this game in hand, and the Cox would not go away. They tie the game up, and New Mexico State has to win on a last-second field goal. I Aggies don't know if you get can this say one. that. Aggies get this one done, and they beat the Cox down to finish the season off strong. The Cox just couldn't pull out the They win. couldn't pull it out. <laughs> the Cox just kept coming. <laughs> they did. 
you know, the best part of this game was in the locker room after the game, all the New Mexico State players singing the New Mexico State fight song, which is about buying a keg, drinking, and celebrating a win. And then Jerry Kill just standing in the middle dancing with a scar in his mouth. It was beautiful. I love it. <laughs> From two years ago not being in a conference to go into a bowl game, their first ever last year, to go in 10 and 3 and go into a conference championship this year. What's not to love about the Aggies right now? So now some people may be asking, why are they 10 and 3? Thank you, Hawaii exemption. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's on me. Oh well. That so have been 10 and 3, not 9 and 3. Oh, good. Well, yeah, you're you're good. <laughs> All these teams, you're good. You're good. Whatever. We're moving on. What, you get, what is you it? get the bonus point. You get the bonus yeah. point, Bug. For sure. <laughs> these were good. Uh, next up, my games of the weekend. I took both of the Mountain West deciders here. Starting us off with Air Force at Boise State. This one did come down to a last-minute interception. And Boise State walks it off with the win on the blue turf and Boise state is in the mountain West title game. I think this counts as a forfeit for you, but you tug. Uh, So I'm just going to hand you the L. (laughs) Um, Well, it goes with the rest of our rest of our season after army. I've been nothing but L's. Yeah. But the fact that this was actually a one score game at the end, and came down to a last-minute interception. I was actually I'm honestly a little bit surprised at because I, I expected Boise State to come out looking stronger than that. Boise State that actually came out pretty strong. I think they were up 10-0 to start the game. Right. Uh, Air Force did try to mount a comeback, but I think we were down to our third quarterback, too. It's just a rough... Right. Rough so the fact it was here. as close as it was is a good sign for Air Force to some extent. Still... You know, not the outcome you're looking you, for. You guys know my feelings on this season. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. I you hope you get what you feelings. want, Doug. I hope you get what you want. Next up, San Jose State at UNLV. Uh, we got phalanxed by the Spartans. Yeah, we did. <laughs> 37-31. San Jose State comes into town in Las Vegas, and beats UNLV, and it doesn't fucking matter because the computer rankings the next day decided that Boise State and UNLV were the better teams, and it will be Boise State, UNLV, in the Mountain West Championship game, even though San Jose State tied uh, UNLV for the lead in the Mountain West after beating them here. The it's so weird how they do tiebreakers over the Mountain West. Well, the the issue is they had a bunch of guys that were tied that didn't have games against each other, so they couldn't just default to the head to head matchups. The issue yeah, is you have a head to head right here. Yeah, but you, you have a head to head. What you don't have is a head to head between those two teams and Boise. When you get multiple teams and they all need a record against each other, is what they want. The issue is they got rid of divisions, right. I'm just yeah. saying. So this would, have, this would have been very simple, and it would have been Boise State, San Jose State. But instead, it's Boise State and a loser of San Jose State, UNLV. Unreal. 
Arguably, uh, anyway. I think they got this right, though. These, at least UNLV should be in the Mountain West title game. Respect the on-field result is what I say. And San Jose State won in a very exciting game, 37-31. It was a, another back-and-forth affair. And uh, it was actually very fun. I hate you. And I quote, fuck you for making me try to pick this game. <laughs> yes, that was the goal. Um, yeah. Gus, I took I took an old school American matchup as a Big 12 just to see how these teams would do. I knew UCF was fighting for bowl eligibility. Houston was most likely on the outside looking in, maybe get some academic help if uh, if they got this win. They didn't. UCF pulls this one. Bug out here taking Memphis. Uh, UCF wins 27-13. <laughs> But Memphis beat Temple 45-21, so Bug was also correct. <laughs> and I had no doubt that would happen, and I wasn't going to take this game because it was not going to be a good game. Uh, but I do want to shout out EJ Warner. He's doing it all by himself at Temple right now. He's the best quarterback they've ever had already as a sophomore. Um, <laughs> and that's saying something because he's coming in behind, you know, a few years behind, but behind P.J. Walker and the numbers he put up there. If he stays there, Temple's got to do something to build around him. If not, he's hit the transfer portal, and he's going to make whatever team he goes to immediately better. I'm sorry, Tug, but it's a really bad sign, but I also want to talk about Memphis Temple more than Houston UCF. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, this game sucked. Uh... <laughs> I thought it'd be an interesting Sorry. Game. What'd you have next? My next game was uh, Liberty at UTEP. Really, I was pulling this game, maybe not because it's going to be a great game, because I want to see if Liberty could pull out the perfect season. They end up doing it, at least to this point. Uh, 42 to 28, Liberty, 14 point game. Liberty moving to 12 and 0 on the season. Uh, still on the outside looking in, I believe, for that group of five bid. Uh, taking on. Yeah, I mean, they won't, yeah, New they Mexico won't get State. It at this point. Yeah. Take they it on new- at this point. It'll be the winner of Amer- uh, of Tulane SMU. We'll get that bid. At no, this that's point. true. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So taking on New Mexico State, which will be a very intriguing mm-hmm. matchup next week uh, as well. But huge shout out to Liberty for for pulling it off. Perfect regular season. And part of the reason that this that they're going to be on the outside looking in is one, New Mexico State's losses are bad. They, they have not lost to a good team. And then, two, this game right here is a perfect example. UTEP's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's who Liberty had to finish the season out against because they're yeah. a conference opponent. It, it, it's, it's a matter of the Conference USA is not very good. That's really all. Yeah, Conference USA is not good. And also, they didn't have anybody in the non-conference schedule to boost that resume. Bowling Green, Buffalo, that's not going to help you out too much. UMass. So... Yes, this one was never in doubt. Almost none of their games were ever in doubt at any point this season. But also, can you trust them when they play someone with a with a pulse? Yeah. The closest they ever came was versus Sam Houston, 21-16, which should scare you. And it has been rightfully scaring the playoff committee away from ranking them, honestly. We will get a good litmus test this week with a team with a pulse with New Mexico State. I agree. So 
We did, Doug. Did we give you one good game, two good games? We got at least one with Boise Air Force, right? I would. I mean, I'll I would you. argue I'll that you. UNLV San Jose State was the better game of the two. So he got two good games there. Tug, you got three games by default, and I think all three of them sucked. <laughs> you can't know. You cannot give me a third game. I'm not game. giving you the third game. I'm not giving you a minus. You know, I'm not giving you three. I'm misses. just like, you can't but add you a ended, game because you, you took ended it up on with my three slide. of them. You ended up with three games on your slide, and all no, three of them you, sucked. You, no, that. No. If legitimately, if Memphis Temple ended up being a very close game, I would have like helped you out. But honestly, none of these games were good. Which I whatever it sucks he's, to say, but he's it's like, 0 for it's two. True. So what is, what does that do? Because we did. I don't think we actually talked about what that would happen. So we are just looking at Houston, UCF, and Liberty, UTEP. So do you want do you want Houston, UCF to go to a poll though? Because that was twenty seven thirteen. That's probably your best shot. I mean, we can set it to a poll. That's fine. I mean, it's that's not even the question, though. The question, the question is, what is, do you, do you get a minus one or do you get a zero? You're the writer really of the rules. I know, but I feel bad deciding that at, at, in this moment. I think that should be the poll rather than whether that was a good game or not, because honestly, it wasn't a good game. I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> I think that's the poll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that on the poll. Okay. <laughs> X oh, is going to decide your fate of whether you hit a pass because you only picked. We only had two games, or if you get a minus but, one because both your games kind of sucked. But Bug and I are getting a plus one for picking two good games. Yeah. So I think that's the right way to do that. So that does give us our podium this week. Starting off third place, Bug is, uh, you know, he's trying. Every he's, he's building. He's building the the comeback range for yeah. bowl season. Every game I watched on my t- big screen TV on Saturday, I lost. Well, <laughs> found the solution. Every game I watched on my phone, I won. Time to get two phones, <laughs> right? Oh, man. So, rivalry week was not a good week for me. I did go 30 and 15, but also, damn. This was brutal. I am become sad, crier of tears. (laughs) Tug wins. (laughs) You said fight on, sir. You won. It's what you've always wanted. Hey, he, he gave me. Tug. I got sweet victory last week. All right. You like that? <laughs> well, you like Brandon. No, Matt. no, I don't. <laughs> you like going out and getting absolutely soaking wet. No, oh, God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we're, we're moving on. We have a couple more games that were really fun. And we have to talk about them because we can't stop talking about good games, even when we've already talked about 45 in this episode already. (laughs) Friday, we had a double overtime matchup in the Mountain West, Utah State at New Mexico, after which uh, New Mexico 
lost and fired their head coach. Understandable. (laughs) And then Oklahoma State clinched their spot in the Big 12 title game with a double overtime win against BYU, which it looked like BYU had that for three and a half quarters. Oklahoma (laughs) State tried real hard to lose that game. Gundy tried really hard to Gundy that game up. It's one of the most Oklahoma State seasons of all time where it just looks like they should not have any shot at winning and somehow they're in the championship game. What the actual fuck? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Old Dominion pulling off the one-point win against Georgia State was huge, getting them to bowl eligibility. And uh, the thing that... Got Minnesota over the hump there to bowl eligibility, even as a five and seven team, was the fire drill field goal by Hawaii yes. to beat Colorado State 27-24. As time expired, it was like less than a second left on the clock when the snap actually went off. Uh, I don't know why they did it that way. Hawaii got a first down and definitely could have lined up and spiked it and then kicked a field goal, but they decided to just run the kicker on the field and make it as hectic as possible. And it still worked as 27-24 Hawaii at the end. So K- Kicker's not good when he has time to think about it. Just go and kick. That's all he's got to do. Right. I mean. Oh, man. <laughs> well, let's talk about a couple of draft prospects that I wanted to watch this weekend. Starting off with Cade Stover, tight end for the Ohio State. Added three catches this season for 40-something yards. Decent enough performance, honestly. So, where would I rank him among the tight ends in the class? He's like an early day three, late day two kind of a tight end. One of those guys where you hope to develop him as more of a blocker than he currently is because he's going to be your second tight end for quite some time. Yeah. There's one special tight end in this class, and that is Brock Bowers. Kate Stover does a lot of those same things as a receiver, but without the experience running routes and just a little bit slower. Unfortunately, that little bit slower is a huge deal. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how high Kate Stover's ceiling really is here, but he, he's I, in an important position where there's not a ton of talent, especially later in the round. So he's going to get picked. I mean, definitely. I have no doubt about that. And this is still one of the most successful tight end careers in Ohio State history, which is kind of insane. He's like the third best tight end Ohio State's ever had, according to almost every stat category and the only guys better than him were in that like super sophomore class in the 60s so it's (laughs) Ohio State doesn't use tight ends as of late that's (laughs) that's fair and then Gabriel Murphy was the other guy I wanted to take a look at the edge rusher opposite Layatu Latu who is getting so much draft hype it's unreal Layatu Latu had a medical retirement from football at Washington was able to transfer to UCLA and get cleared by the doctors at UCLA and is now a potential first round pick. That is scary. And also 
I kind of wanted to look at the other guys playing on that defensive line to help open things up for him. So Gabriel Murphy is one of those guys. A little bit more of an, an edge rusher, like maybe some outside linebacker. Never going to play in coverage, though. He is in rotation with his brother, Grayson Murphy. And whenever Gabriel's not on the field, it's Grayson. So I got very excited when I saw that Murphy got two sacks this game. And they were both by Grayson. So that sucks. But Gabriel Murphy honestly had one of his best games. And I know it doesn't look like it, 33-7 to against Cal. But Gabriel Murphy was legitimately creating pressure on so many plays. Like, he beat the offensive lineman he was up against almost every time he was on the field. I don't know how Gabriel Murphy could have played any better. So this is a high upside edge rusher to me who has had success at multiple levels of college football now. And I know he didn't add any sacks here, but man, it's a, I believe in Gabriel Murphy. Maybe I'm nuts for that, but I, I would take a chance on him for sure. But where would you take a chance on him? I don't know. Somewhere. Day two, day three. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I don't know. That that kind of thing will probably have to come down to the athletic testing. Yeah. Like some combine info that we just don't have yet. But as Cup, a couple pure production standpoint and watching him play, he looks like somebody I want to know that information about. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Put it that way. Fair enough. Well, man, that's been a long show already. It has. It has been quite the show. We had a lot to cover, though. I mean, we probably we... did. Playoffs. 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 And next week, it'll be it'll be shorter, <laughs> but we do have some exciting things coming up this Thursday. Doug, you want to talk about that real quick? Do I? Do you? Well, it's conference championship week, so we have a whole lot of really special previews for that and potentially other stuff. <laughs> Oh, potentially we haven't made a decision yet, huh? That's what I'm sticking with. All right. I got some links before we get your joke, man. We got patreon.com slash PT football, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, x.com slash PT football, facebook.com slash PT football, instagram.com slash PT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. And our discord will be linked below along with everything else. Bug, what you got for us today? I got a long one for you. Ooh. A pothead, a math teacher, and a gym teacher all meet at the pearly gates. St. Peter comes to them and says, To get in, you have to beat the devil one last time. The devil appears and the math teacher goes first. He gives him a hard math equation, but the devil solves it in 10 seconds and off to hell he goes. And the gym teacher's up next and he asks the devil to do a thousand push-ups without stopping, which of course the devil does and off to hell with the gym teacher. The pot had asked for a chair with seven holes in it. He sits down and farts. He then asks the devil, okay, which hole did it come out of? The devil replies, easy. It came out of the third hole. The pot had replies, nope, came out of my asshole and walked straight through the pearly gates. All right, ladies. I've heard that one before. So. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, unless anybody's got anything else, I think that's all the time we have in the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the Texas. <laughs>